Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome podcast fans to episode 19 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking pets is barely enough. I am Dr. Robbie Ander, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Lewis Kirkham, who I was hoping to try and serenade with a, uh, a really um, a topical, great uh, version of our intro. But I've got my weeks marked up, so I'm going to leave that one for next week. So oh, we're from Tigerland. <laughs> It was going to be more the Collingwood theme song, mate, but that's right. We'll, we'll just leave that little bit of sizzle then for next week, and we'll just get straight into it. Uh, Lewis, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you, yeah, Robbie? I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, uh, we've got all the footy results sorted. We know which what game we're playing. <laughs> well, because when we're trying to um, work out, right, so what, you know, uh, when's this episode coming out, when's the next one coming out, and I thought it was going to be, uh, this one was going to come out after the big Collingwood-Richmond game, yes. which is shaping up to be first and second, which yes. is going to be pretty good. Yeah, blockbuster. Um, and, um, and so I was ready to ready to sort of <laughs> n- nail you on that one and then realise, hang on, I'm a week out. So, yeah, um, it's so hard when we record to let listeners in on a little secret. Yes, we yeah, behind, the, behind the curtain. We do, <laughs> we do pre-record. Yeah. And we often do a few in a row as well, don't we? So yeah, we get yeah. confused where we're at. Try, try and get a couple in. So, yeah, um, yeah and we were, we were mentioning last, uh, last episode about... Um, uh, in a couple of weeks, we've uh, lined up a couple of guests oh, yes. to sit down and interview. So, uh, so that's a little bit of sizzle for you Stay guys tuned. as well. tuned, yes. It's going to be some, pretty exciting. Yeah, some of the specialists in the field. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've if you got any questions, you want to ask them, well, we, we, we won't say what specialists they are yet, will we? Well, maybe maybe we could say that if you've got any maybe surgical yeah, questions. Yeah, yes. Or maybe if you're looking for a, a, a solution for an eye oh, issue. Oh, looking. I thought, yeah, good, mate, good. Maybe. Yeah, you know. the, the seeing eye, not the not the other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're not doing anal glands. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no, no, no. We are talking we'll do that. that yeah, we'll do that later on, but no, that's <laughs> not what not, we want questions on. We're not going to be talking to an anal gland specialist, no, no. <laughs> Uh, All right, mate. Now, what's been happening this week? So, I had a really interesting case this week, mate. I had a, um, a little puppy that was in to be spayed. Um, and uh, so, six-month-old little Westie. And uh, the owners noted that she'd just been a little bit off, you know. So, she'd vomited the night before and hadn't really eaten her dinner. So, red flags everywhere. Yeah. Everyone, well, hang on. Something's not right with this little dog. Yeah, we probably won't be doing the doing Elective the procedure. Put it off. Exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, um, went in and had a little look at her. And she, um, you know, seemed fairly bright and happy but she's um uh she'd had a, a groom like a week or so beforehand right. um and the owners were going oh we, we just thought that she was cold and i had a look at her and she just had this you know not necessarily a fine but a fairly coarse tremor oh, you know so just wow. shake shake shaking 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 oh, wow. around a little bit yeah yep. yeah so um what I think would might have been going on is that I think she might have eaten something silly that's got like a had a tremorogenic toxin, so oh, something wow. that's made her get a little bit shaky. There are lots of other things it could be like infections or congenital issues, um, meningitis that she, can cause it too. But she, she hasn't been hanging out with those uh, those kangaroos in the back paddock, has she? Made oh, a, a bit, a bit of Falara <laughs> staggers, yeah, the, the drunk tagaroo, kangaroos yeah. we had on the episode. Maybe, a few, maybe a few pods ago. Oh, I haven't seen any of that grass around the uh, the Mount Wave, the Great Mount. 
Waverley area, but um, you never know. You never know. Did you so offer a few barocas just to check? Just to see if that helped her out. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 for some reason, she kept on trying to get out to get a kebab. I don't know what was going on. They go, no, the kebab's no good for you. You know, garlic sauce. No, it's the no de- good. The detox trimmers, maybe. That's mate. right. Yeah, yeah. And the DTs. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So this little dog, we um. So I gave her anti-nausea injection and um and said, look, you know, we'll uh, ran some bloods to make sure that everything was yep. okay. Um, trying to get bloods out of a shaky little six-month-old uh, well, yes. Westie wasn't the funnest yeah, thing wiggly, it, yes. it had to do, but that's fine. We got the job done. Um, so uh, and the bloods were all were all okay, and she's starting to get better. So you know, your nasty things like infections and meningitis and congenital issues are probably then less likely yeah. if she's getting better. Yeah, um, weird. But yeah, it was just, a, I just thought, oh, it's an interesting one to mention that if your dogs are getting into compost or eating mushrooms or something like that, that if suddenly they're starting to shake and tremor, probably not necessarily that they're cold. It might be that they've actually got access to something a little bit weird. So. Yeah, and probably good good point as well that if, if you are booked in for your dog to have a procedure, yeah, make sure you mention that, you know, when you're dropping them off, oh, he hasn't been Right, you know, absolutely. Don't yeah. just think, oh, you know, he just vomited this morning; he's, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, do mention that to the vet because we do certainly take that stuff on board, and we're very, I don't know about you, mate, but very inclined not to go ahead with a, you know, a spay or a desex if 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 there's any chance that the dog may be starting to feel unwell or be unwell. Certainly, something we'll put off for another day. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a volunt- it's a, a an elective procedure, and so you know, you. You, you're dancing with danger if you're giving an animal because if something happens, then you're going to say, "Well, was that because the dog was sick or not?" Yeah. You know. So, um, yep. so if ever that if they haven't been eating well or they've had diarrhea or something like that, talk to talk to the vets or talk to the nurses at least and say, "Look, I'm." This has been happening. Is this okay? Yeah, you let know, us know. We'd, we'd much rather know about it beforehand than after. Yeah. Um, and on that, the other thing that's really good to do for your um uh, for the clinic when you're taking your animal in for a procedure. Give them a chance to have a poo and a wee before you drop them off. <laughs> it's common courtesy, isn't common it, Common courtesy, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, the, on the front step uh, of the vet clinic. Well, to, to, to be honest, sometimes you'd rather be in the front step than in the recovery cage it's as they very, wake up and yeah. it's like, oh, no, yes, you know. Yes. We've got to quick get out the sponges. We've got to give them a sponge down. You know, it's not the... It makes a mess, doesn't it, mate, when absolutely. they go on the table? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah certainly let it get, get a bit of a walk in before you arrive. It's often a nice thing to help the vets and nurses That's out. right, yeah. yeah. And how about yourself, mate? What's been cooking? in your neck of the woods. Oh, mate, this week, yeah. I want to talk about plugs. 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 Yeah. Uh, for a book or have you, do you know any, well, any oh, good books? No, I well, saw <laughs> so you look in my head then. I thought maybe you're thinking for follicular plugs. Advanced mate. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, we do have a new sponsor. No, I'm only joking. Well, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I've taken over from Warney. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, look, we had, a, we had a cat this week that um, that had eaten an earplug. Oh, really? Um, it got stuck, yeah. Uh, earplug as in like a um, a sleeping plug? Little flo- foam yeah, you know, sort of earplugs that, that you get. No, not the head phones the full yeah home 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 oh he's got through one side he's onto the other now i was thinking it might have been one of those new uh, those real little funky um uh i i earpod the things that cost yeah. you about then 450 uh, bucks if you're yeah. sitting in your cat's colon yeah no 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 nothing nothing like that just one of those foam ones that yeah, the orange or the yellow ones that yeah. you use for sleeping and and the owner it was interesting talking to the owner because she's like oh i had a cat before this cat and we used to play with the 
earplugs all the time. Never right. had a problem. Yeah. This is a kitten, sort of six months old, and, yep, yeah, plays with the earplugs. Yep, it's good fun to play with them. And she thought, oh, I never thought he'd eat them. So, right, you yeah. know, this, the, the cat sort of came in. It was been unwell for a few days, right. a little bit of vomiting, sort of, you know, nondescript sort of signs. Yeah, and, yeah. And we did did a few x-rays, and I thought I could see something on the x-ray, you know. Looked like an earplug. And, yeah. You know, and, and, and we did a bit of barium study. So, yep. barium studies where, obviously, we give them some food with some uh, special dye balls or some uh, it can, can be beads that, that, that we give or it can be a liquid depends on, on what, what we use what you can get in yep. yeah and, and it wasn't moving after you know the, the, the food wasn't moving out of the stomach so uh, my vet colleague Carl went in and, and gee it was quick straight in there yeah found it got it out and, and the cat was up and eating you know within a couple of hours fantastic it was yeah so real sort of Bit of a shout out, the, uh, the earplugs, they're not toys for cats no, per no. se, you know, and, and possibly this cat had a bit of a, you know, Kevin Rudd sort of fetish. Have you have you seen no, the video of Kevin no. Kevin Rudd, our, our, our ex-Prime Minister, yes, yeah. sitting in Parliament one day just using the little finger to clean out the ears? Oh, really? And then a little, a little sous-sante, a little, uh, a little, little taste test a of, little the, tasting. of the little finger. Oh, yeah, really? Yes. Gee whiz. The crud. Wow. <laughs> Kara. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no. so perhaps this cat had got a bit of the Kevin Rudd on the wow. K-Rudd going. Uh, uh, how big had the earplug swollen up to? Like it had swollen up with um, with fluid that it absorbed or it was just the normal earplug size? Same size. I don't think they really take in water. I think they're quite waterproof even though they seem sponge-like. Yeah, righty. Hadn't right. swollen at all, so same size, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's just the owner, you know, she's like, oh, I sleep with earplugs in. What am I going to do? And I said, well... Maybe get a pair of headphones for start, like a big pair of cans, like I'm wearing now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe you know, even those uh, earphones that are the sponge ones that are on a string. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah. So that obviously, you, I guess if it's on a string, you can see it hanging out of the cat's mouth and maybe reel it back in again. But <laughs> <laughs> either that, or you just got to make sure you put it in a little container and just not let your cats near it. You know? Spot, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, unless mate. your cat's going and pulling them out of your ears while you're asleep, that's gonna be a little bit weird. That's a good point. I don't yeah. know. If that's a real Kevin Rudd going <laughs> in there and go to the source. Well, I had um, a, a cat that, um, oh, this was going back a few years ago now, um, on a Sunday, a cat came in that was vomiting, uh, went and did the x-rays and could see something on the on the x-ray yes. um, and went in and it was the end of a baby's uh, dummy or the end of a bottle. Uh, the cat yeah. had chewed the end of the dummy off, swallowed that down and it had gone through and just lodged into the uh, into the intestine, causing wow. an obstruction. Yeah. Gee whiz. And you could see it on the x-ray. Yeah, in, in like when you looked at it beforehand, you go is it i yeah, don't know is it something i yep. don't know in in hindsight you're going to go oh yeah there yeah, it there is, it is. there it is bang yeah. you know? why didn't i say that yeah <laughs> uh, oh, look, and because it was a young cat that they knew that it chewed things and i thought yes. you yeah, like, and they had the end of the the end of the bottle that had been chewed off and i thought yeah you know what that could be that so maybe let's have a little look yeah. at it oh and then there's other weird things this week i had somebody come in there um their dog was um down at the park and they'd found it eating a beer can Oh yeah, yeah, and Ooh. so they brought it in to, to say, "Oh, look, we're worried that there's a um, that yeah. it swallowed part of the beer can." Yeah, you know, so all right, run it down, take an X-ray. Couldn't find anything in there. I thought, well, at least it's something that should show up on X-ray yeah. if it's aluminium. Yeah, so, well, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, nothing like I love taking X-rays when you see something. You know, there's the battery, or yes, you no, know, yeah, there's yeah. something in there. But when you take the X-ray and there's nothing that's sort of you know metallic or dense enough to see it, it makes it really hard, it's doesn't a bit more it? Frustrating. So, yeah, it is. You know, it's not quite as as vindicating. You're going, whoa, yeah. look at that. Let's yeah. go over the 
Yeah, you're a bit blade. more. Yeah, nothing to point to the owner and go, "There's the problem right there." Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so watch out with you know the earplugs, bits of string. You know, cats cats love playing with love string, and, string, and they yep. often you know chew that up or bits of cotton. People think that's really cute. Yeah. But anything that your cat can potentially put in their mouth. Don't do it. Can be swallowed. Yeah, put yeah. it away. Put and it can away. Get stuck. Yeah. Now, really cool article as well. I saw this week. Yeah. The Science Daily. It's um, it's uh, Science Daily. It turns out that to tell the sex of a Galapagos penguin, all you need is a ruler. Right. So, well, right. Okay. So size so, does matter. Well, well, yes. Um, you're onto it, mate. Straight, <laughs> straight onto it. You know. In the journal Endangered Species Research, scientists at the University of Washington announced that for a Galapagos penguin, beak size is nearly a perfect indicator of whether a bird is male or female. Wow, rightio. Armed with this knowledge, researchers could determine the sex of a bird quickly and accurately in the wild without taking a blood sample for DNA. Right. Speeding up field studies of this unusual and endangered seabird. Right, okay. Now... I don't know, mate. I mean, there's there's a lot of you know, hearsay of things that, that goes around, but these these people to ter- search for a physical sign of sex, uh, the penguins. Yep. From 2010 to 2014. So that's how long four, they were looking so for, for something. Four years. Oh crikey. They've been measuring, and they finally worked out. Like, now I don't know, mate. When I was growing up, you know, big hands, big feet, yeah, yeah, big nose, yes, yeah, yeah, it all implies certain characteristics, yeah. And they've spent four years in the Galapagos. I can, I can smell a little junket. There's a junket on there, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. To eventually work out, it's the beak. And it's the length of the beak, and, and it's not even like you're saying. Um, so it's the uh, it's the, the 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 width and circumference of the left toe, you know. Um, you know, at <laughs> a certain non visible. Yeah, it's like the beak's the first thing yeah. you're going to measure, <laughs> isn't it? You know, it's it's right there. It's it's sitting on front of its face. <laughs> Stick the ruler up against that. Yeah. Galapagos penguins are the only penguins <laughs> to live in an equatorial region. Like all penguin species of most birds, they lack external genitalia. Right. In addition, male and female Galapagos penguins look similar like to one another. Dolls. They're Barbie dolls. They're <laughs> <laughs> yes. Barbie dolls. But Ken doesn't have uh, long hair. No, no. Does He's he? got a big nose, though. Oh, does he? <laughs> oh, no, I haven't ruled it. Where's his nose? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If they got the same size nose, we need to check. There's a PhD right there, yeah, mate. Right there, Four yeah. years measuring <laughs> Ken's nose. <laughs> in addition, male and female Galapagos penguins look similar to one another and both share pent- parenting duties. I thought you were saying appendage duties. <laughs> <laughs> parenting duties, incubating eggs and rearing the offspring. Males do tend to be slightly larger than the females, but the difference is slight. Right, yeah. Capello combined the body size measurements and DNA test results into a statistical analysis. So it wasn't just <laughs> measuring tape. Measuring, no, no. To search for physical characteristics that correlated with the sex of the bird. Now, I know you're thinking it's length, mate. Yep. She found that the males had slightly thicker Beats. Oh, it's the width. It's the girth. It's the girth. <laughs> it's the girth. There we go. Rightio. Measured from top to bottom compared to females. So wow. maybe that did take four years. Perhaps we'll give him a bit of credit. <laughs> I thought myself length, but no, it's girth. Girth's where it's at, mate. Mate, are we just pure all thinking that it's length, you know, rather than girth? You know, I don't know. You We're know? just two guys just trying to make a anyway. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so there you go. A little interesting article. I mean, it reminds me, have you been to the Galapagos, mate? No, I have not. No. Oh, re- uh, Deb and I went to the Galapagos. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah, we've been to the Galapagos. Nice. When we were backpacking around yeah, right. sort of South America. Yeah. And uh, oh, we had a fa- fantastic time. Just amazing. One of the best sort of wildlife things I've ever done. Yeah. But we were on this little boat, um, you know, and I'd, I'd done uh, doing a little bit of diving, but at yep. the spot we were all sort of just hanging out, chilling, having, having some dinner and, and, uh, Suddenly, all the whole people in the boat, all the crew, were jumping over the side of the boat. Going, vamos, vamos! Like, come on, come on! You know, jump over the side. And we're going, yeah. Why is everyone jumping over the side? And, and then one guy sort of stayed in the boat. He couldn't swim. One of the, the Spanish yeah. guys. He's going, "Oh, there's sharks in the water." So we're like, "Oh, right." So yeah, yeah. so that, that we jump yeah. out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hang wow. on, a, hang on a second. In Australia, we get in the boat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay." So sort of looked over the boat, and they're sort of about these one to one and a half size meter. Uh, sharks sort of outside. Yeah. I thought, all right. Deb's like, I'm not going in there. I'm not going there. <laughs> like, I've got to do this. I'm never going to be I'm back here stay again. stay here with non-swimming Fernando. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. All hands for Fernando, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's another story. <laughs> and so and so, I, I sort of, you know, put my nasty snorkel on, sort of jumped in the water, and it was amazing. So I'm sitting there floating on the water, and these sharks are swimming underneath, yeah. swimming around. And I looked over in the distance, and there was a, uh, one of the other uh, ladies that were on the boat with us sort of diving down, trying to take a photo. Photo, and as she's swimming back up, I see these sharks are sort of following back oh. up to the surface. She's unbeknownst to her, so yeah. I'm thinking, oh, geez, they are pretty sort of game. So I'm just swimming around and doing my own thing. Next thing, something grabs me on the shoulder. Right, yep. And I'll tell you what, mate, that was a real trouser moment, that one. I've absolutely... You, you, you didn't do an impression of a squid then, did oh. you? And sort of shoot something dark you, out the you, between... You yeah. are spot on, mate. I was absolutely <laughs> beside myself. And I turned up and it was Deb grabbed me on the shoulder. <laughs> she got up enough guts and jumped into the water and just grabbed me on the shoulder. I was like absolutely scared. that. But, oh, it was, but it was amazing. So we sat there floating on the surface, sort of yeah. holding hands, watching these one and a half to one metre, you know, uh, I think they were Galapagos sharks. Okay, yeah. Which... I did look them up later, and yeah, then they, they have been known to attack humans. So okay. we're not talking your full, just your reef sharks. So, yeah, yeah. But oh, it was amazing, amazing wow. experience. If you ever get a chance to go, mate, yeah, highly recommend it. Nice one, yeah, yeah. yeah really good fun. Good stuff. What year was that that you were there? Oh, now you're testing me. Uh, we got married in uh, 2000. I won't name the year because I'll get it wrong. Uh, it before <laughs> oh, that. Oh, we won't say the date either so you don't get that wrong either. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for putting me on the spot. Yeah. I can't even edit this bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was 2002. Three, four, what, five, five, six, six seven. We got married point. in. <laughs> Pause. Okay. So, no, it was oh, probably 2000 and three, I'd say. Yeah, something right, like that. Maybe, maybe, or maybe it was after that. 2005. Anyway. Yeah, right. It was a yeah, while ago. A while ago. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Time flies when you're having yeah, fun. Yeah, it does, mate. Definitely. So, yeah, that's, that was a really good article. Another article I saw this week as yep. well um, was in the conversation and right. our old mate Thomas Hildebrand. Oh, hey, hang Thomas. on. The stack hat. Yes. The stack <laughs> the hat. The people stack hat. The man with the, the 10 litres of, of, uh, of rhino semen. carry on. In, in the yeah. overhead locker. <laughs> yes. So, Thomas... He's 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 starting to uh, try and resurrect the northern white rhino. Right. Okay. So yep. to recap a bit, mate, we we talked about a few. I reckon it was, I reckon it was pod four, the one that four we recorded five. in the tin box that sounded horrible. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right, lost. Yeah. Remember, I lost oh, it, and yes. then we had to redo it. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, I still feel bad about that. <laughs> anyway, so Sudan was. The last northern white rhino that yes. passed away. They yep. put a thing on Tinder. It didn't work. Yes. And left behind two 
two females, his daughter Najin. Yep. And his granddaughter Fatu. Yep. Now, Thomas is all about bringing the northern white rhino back to back to life. Yes, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, uh, procreating, the, you know, uh, bring the species back. And so... He he has he's starting to use hybrid embryos. Okay, right, yeah. Uh, so scientists have for the first time created hybrid embryos with DNA from the nearly extinct northern white rhinoceros. Yep. An advance that could ultimately lead to the first resurrection of a mega mammal. Wow. Now this is a good article. I'm loving it. Well, it's a great headline yeah, anyway. You yeah, know, it's just really grabbing you right off front street, you in, isn't it? it? Yeah, 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 really good. So Professor Thomas Hildebrand. Used material from the southern white rhino, successfully fertilized. Material. 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 <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Mm, I hadn't. Yes. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously a PG article. Yes. Yeah. 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 But we're, we're not talking denim from his Levi's here. You know, there's other places where you can get jeans and not, we're not talking Levi's. You don't think they've clipped a toenail, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Swabbed his cheek. <laughs> Successfully fertilizing southern eggs with sperm from both northern and southern subspecies, proving that the process works. Right. Now, for a process to work, mate, what sort of success rate would you say? Like something was to work. If you're doing a surgery and a cruciate surgery on a dog, the success rate to say that's a surgery that works, where are we looking, you reckon? Oh, well, gee whiz, you'd want to say that it's, uh, you know, as close to 100% yeah. as you can get. 90, 95, Somewhere, everything the, the goes... The higher, the better. Yeah, exactly. Only 7 out of 314 fertilised eggs developed into embryos. A roughly 2% success rate. Oh, boy. That's going to be hard to get across the line with the uh, the funding uh, groups, Thomas, I hope this is not your life's work, mate, because yeah. you've got more chance of getting a sponsor on this podcast yeah. than you have for you. <laughs> For you fertilising your eggs. So, I mean, but I was thinking, imagine you went to a human IVF clinic. Oh, wow. Trying to have a baby. Yeah. And they, they, you know, in the brochure, you open up the brochure and there it is all, all beautiful colours and pictures of babies. We have a 2% success rate at this clinic. Wow. You'd be putting it down and walking out when you made them. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure um, uh, Barbara Streisand had a better success rate than that with her uh, with cloning her uh, cloning her dogs. I think we need to get them together. T- Thomas Hildebrand's got to go to the uh, go to SoCal and start trying to work out about uh, yeah Texas. using the stuff that they. Oh, it's Texas. Wasn't Texas, it? that's yes. it. Yeah, Texas, yeah, yeah. where it's at. This process is technically very challenging. Would well, want to be with a two percent success yeah. rate if it's easy and he's only getting two percent. He's not trying hard enough. No, he's not. He's not. Well, this is where we come in, mate. A special device was developed to enable the operators to extract unfair fertilized eggs from the ovaries of anaesthetized female southern white rhino from a number of new european zoos right this three-person job right requiring a steady hand yeah right that can guide a needle of just over one millimeter in diameter almost one meter in length into the reproductive system via the rectum to capture eggs one millimeter now that's a job ad suited for you (laughs) you and me mate far out. You, you've you got a steady hand, Robbie. We've both got steady hands. Gee, you, me, and Thomas as wow. a team. Gee, that but is yeah, insane. A millimetre long, a millimetre diameter, and uh, one metre long. Gee, was even just from an engineering point of view, to be able to create something that has a hole, you know, if it's a needle, because you've got to be able to suck the, um, yeah. the, suck the thing out. I want, I'm surprised I can't do it laparoscopically. Well, yeah, well, no. I guess he's using ultrasound to guide it. That's probably what he's doing. Yeah, I'd imagine. 
yeah, I guess well, ultrasound and then going in, um, you know, per rectum. Well, well, maybe when you apply for the job, mate, you can ask him I'll, that. I'll that could be one him. of the questions. Yeah, Have you I'm, got any questions for us? I do, as a matter of fact. How in the bloody hell are you doing this? <laughs> How steady does your hand need to be? <laughs> <laughs> the next step will be to transfer three of the embryos that have been frozen to the uterus of Suther- surrogate southern white rhino for gestation and birth. Wow. The final step toward the birth of a calf containing northern white rhino DNA is no small step, step as artificial insemination in a rhino has rarely been attempted. Right. You're really pushing it uphill, Thomas, I reckon. Absolutely. You're on 2% for the embryos. Yeah. No, uh, no one's inseminated a, uh, a, a rhino. Have you inseminated a rhino before, mate, I, artificially? I haven't. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, uh, you're right on the thing of trying to yeah, push it uphill. I think if you sort of goes uphill, it might be a little bit easier because <laughs> I think it might be, uh, yeah, there's a bit of height difference there. You know, it might be a bit, might be a bit more well, difficult. Well, some thought standing on your head helps with that. So perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps we could mention that or <laughs> certainly helps with that sort of thing. As the first demonstration of this process working for Rhino, this research is significant, impressive, and exciting. And expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And not going to work. And not getting anywhere. It offers sorry, a poss- Thomas. But <laughs> <laughs> it offers a possibility to rescue the genes of a subspecies that, following the death of the last northern male white rhino earlier this year, is now represented by just two elderly females. And if the method worked f- works for the rhino... It should be possible to extend it to other endangered large animals. Yeah, right. I like where he's going. He's he's a man who's out there. He's he's at the pointy end. He's giving it a crack. He Um, is, isn't he? I wonder where. um, So you know. Okay, so so looking at things from a I guess an existential point of view. So you know. The, the, the northern white rhino is a genetically distinct species from the southern yes, white rhino. Yes. Otherwise, they would just be white rhinos. Yes. You know, um, if they're taking the um, the embryo of the southern white rhino and putting the DNA of the northern white rhino in, if, if you're talking an embryo, the embryo is still going to have genetics yes. in there, isn't it? It's a mix, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's a mix. Yeah. So it's it's more of a central white rhino than a northern white rhino. Yeah. You know? And and if if you do want to go further into it, Robbie, they have given me a, a little genetic map that you could oh, be studying they? later when we when we send all our listeners to sleep. Yeah. We could, <laughs> as we are doing, with we my could we could describe that to them yeah, as, well. as well. Yeah. But Good it does point. Get, does go on talking about you know the article does sort of bang on a bit, but but talks a little bit. It gets into the ethics of what's going on and, yeah. and talks a little bit about how they in in a sanctuary in uganda they've replaced an extinct extinct giant tortoise with a related species and that's called taxon substitution but geez it really started getting past me then just uh i was two percent mate i was out so <laughs> but i must say the last line says your donation is tax deductible so obviously he's Thank taking some tax to some donations if yes. necessary. <laughs> well, he's got to try and get that two percent up a little bit higher. Well, you know? that, that's not going to happen just from uh, you know just, just from hard work and good luck. Well, you if, know? He's, if he's going to bring us on board too, mate, we're not free. No, no way. That steady hand comes <laughs> at a price. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, all right, mate. What's been happening with you so, this week? So, um, something I was doing last night. You know, um, so the kids should have been in bed a lot earlier at school holidays, but you know it was Friday night, so it was staying up, and um, I wanted to show them um something on YouTube and um. Uh, Camille saw you know where they've got the um the the suggested videos yes, on, on the side yes. there. 
And she spotted one saying um, uh, 200 um, uh, greatest animal videos. And so oh. she has lost it. Oh, they go, you can't go for it. Daddy, we've got to watch that. Like we've that. got to watch that. We've got to watch that. Yep. Um, and what I wanted, like, so I'm, I'm watching it, and, and a couple of times there were legitimately funny videos, and sometimes there are things where you're going, right, well, that's just an animal that's just sitting there, and that's not funny at all. <laughs> but the, the thing that I, that I thought is, as a vet, um, and I'm interested with this from you, especially with your um, your, your bent on behaviour. Can you even watch animal videos on YouTube without feeling like you're just shouting at the screen of going, "That's not funny. That animal is stressed. That's not funny." That you know, can you can you switch off and enjoy the comedy aspect of it, or can you? Because I I struggle. I was sitting there. Christina and I were, were both sitting there going, "Look at that!" Like there was one this stupid one of um a cat high up on a um uh, on a, a a wardrobe so obviously trying to get away its ears are back its pupils are dilated mm. and the the stupid person's up there with their with their um their hand going high five uh, high five uh, and the cat's going so scared it's like oh my goodness yeah. like how can you how can you do it? So, so yeah, you know, can, well, can you watch the videos um, as a? Uh, I mean, I'd, obviously, ones like that, it's you know, a long way down a, a spectrum. But yeah, look, I I do get sent a lot of YouTube videos actually because because yeah. obviously I've got you know the interest in animals and and well dogs and and cats with kids. Yes, yeah. Um, and 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 I get a lot of sort of you know tagged on the social medias, particularly in. You know, oh, isn't this baby cute with this dog? Oh, yeah. And they're, I suppose, they're the big ones, the subset of groups that really, really concern me because, yep. you know, when that camera turns off, and two days later, or a month later, or six months later, that that play, that uh, situation is returned to, yeah, there's a real chance that that dog's bitten. You know, and, yeah, yeah. And and that video might look really, really cute, and to to ninety five percent of the people on social media, oh, it is so cute. Isn't yeah, that beautiful? but mate, I'm like you. I, I get sent those, and, and I've sort of stopped looking at them. Yeah, yeah. Because either one, I get get in my mind. Oh, I need to comment. Yes, which is just not what you, know, <laughs> what you need to be doing. I haven't got enough time to comment. Yeah, yeah. And then to 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 the vitriol back, you know that that yeah. you get. Um, but then too, I just I just you know, there's really nothing I can do to change that that sort of situation. And yeah. Uh, um and and. Um, looking at the other videos where the comedy ones where the cats, you know, fallen off something or gone to jump onto a ledge and miss the ledge. I mean, I don't mind those ones. I'll yeah. watch a little bit of that one if it's funny. But, but yeah, certainly when it comes to behaviour and I can see that either an animal is suffering yeah. or, or got some, you know, um, from behaviour's perspective is really having some welfare issues with whatever going on. Yeah. Or I can see an incident about to happen. Waiting to a, happen. A, yeah, aggressive yeah. incident waiting to happen. Um and uh, and it reminds me, there is one YouTube video that I do like, and yep. I don't want to go too deep, but it's a, it is a it's a it's a video with Caesar Milan in it. Now I don't know if you know a lot I about Caesar. Not a not. I'll put this out. I'm not a big fan of Caesar, yeah, and, and us behaviourists aren't. Yeah, good, yep. good. Okay, we can keep doing this podcast. Good, That's yep, good. Terrific. Yeah. Both both not both not big fans of Caesar Milan. So yeah. we can go into the reasons why on another pod, I think. But yeah. but there is one YouTube video where he uh, there's a dog that uh, I'm not sure. If it's it's near some food or it's near a toy, 
And he's there just taunting the dog, trying to grab the toy, and the dog's growling and it's baring its teeth. Yeah. Um, Giving him all the signals yeah, of saying, exactly. dude, stop it. Leave me alone. Yeah. Why, why do you need to grab this from me? And, and yeah. that, you know, telling the dog is telling, exactly like you said, telling him everything that, you know, get back off. And he keeps approaching. He keeps taunting the dog and he's trying to, you know, dig it in the side of the neck and all those sorts of things and whatever he does. And then... The dog, in its uh, in its wisdom, eventually latches onto him and grabs him on the arm. Big bite on the arm. He's got blood coming out. Yep. And he turns to the camera and he says, I didn't see that coming. Oh, and the, the one I like on YouTube is someone then puts up an ad, Spec Savers. <laughs> didn't see that coming. That's one I like on YouTube, mate. Nice. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the YouTube videos. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But maybe we can put a link to that one on, on the on the on the uh, website. Well, there was one um one that I was um uh, all four of us because it was Christina, Ruben, and Camille were all sitting down watching it, and um all four of us were in hysterics watching yeah. this one, and I don't know whether I'm feeling guilty that I shouldn't have laughed as much, Lewis. So I'm looking for vindication for you of whether I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still okay or whether I need to repent. So um, it, there was a um a dachshund that was um dressed up as a bank robber. So he was there in his um yeah. And not laughing. Like, what's that? I'm not laughing. Not, not laughing yet. No. <laughs> um. So he had the um the little mask on, and he's in the black pajamas. Then he had um these two bags <laughs> on the side of him with the with the dollar dollar signs on there. How could uh, you not laugh? <laughs> then. Right, there's the next one of there's a um a Dachshund that's um in this little cardboard police car, <laughs> right? And that the robbers um you know the robber one sort of turns around you know and because you hear this you go hey what are you doing? And the one the bankrupt one turns around sees the the Dachshund there dressed as the police car, and then the one that's dressed as the robber cuts back to him and then he takes off and all of a sudden you go back to this hallway shot and around the corner comes this Dachshund that's dressed as the robber being followed by this Dachshund that's dressed dressed up as a police car <laughs> running down the hallway. Oh. Good. If you're laughing, then that's good. That makes me feel better. I'm too. laughing at your description, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. I mean, I don't want to put a put a dint, uh, blow your balloon or whatever. Yeah. It does depend on their body language, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of those animals, you put the um the the cut the the outfit on the outfit on them, and they get really they stressed and they're not so keen to have it on. And yeah, but, yeah. But you know, I mean, I think that sounds like a bit of fun. It doesn't sound like it. No, no animals were harmed in the filming. In the I, of I this? assume no, there were no backs done. Oh, no, yes, no, no, hopefully not. No, 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 no. fingers crossed. <laughs> scaling the fence. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, mate. All right. I think we're up to disclaimer time, no aren't we? Any, anyone for disclaimer this week? No, it's still just oh, me again. Jewish, just dude. me again. Well, I, can, well, I, can, I can do an accent for you if you like. I can just do it as normal. What Probably. sort of accent are we looking for? Oh, I don't know. Madagascan? I don't know. I'm just making oh, it up. Well, maybe we'll just stick it a standard this week, and then I might might accent it the Work next time. That'd probably, be good. I probably reckon. need to need to workshop it a little bit. You know, yeah, I don't want to go live with it just in case I, you know, muck it up or you do something culturally have... insensitive. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's funny whenever I do accent and and, and uh, try and do an accent dip because oh, I didn't know they were Irish. I'm like, it wasn't it Irish. Wasn't so Irish. They were, <laughs> they were Madagascan. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can do a really good Australian accent. Yeah, you know? let's let's there hear it. Let's hear that one. Yeah, all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet we do our best to provide the most up-to-date information but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing please let us know if we have missed anything or say core blimey or or uh or jingo to or, be sure d- no, to be sure i thought we we're doing australian accent here oh sorry yeah, mate. yeah, yeah you're crikey dr- you drongo yeah <laughs> 
All right, mate, what do you got in your fun bag this week? All right, now, this is another article that, that leads really well into something I want to talk about this week. It was yeah. in, in the Age newspaper, and it's how Leo's doggy dementia reversal gives hope for a cure in humans. And it's an article about um, uh, doggy Alzheimer's or, or canine dementia or... Cognitive dysfunction syndrome. Canine cognitive dysfunction. It's got lots of different names. Yep. We love to give things different names, but basically it's similar to Alzheimer's or dementia that that that, that humans get. Um, and uh, and what we find. Um, so just reading from the article, therapy dog Leo appeared happy to be patted and stroked by nursing home residents with dementia until he started showing symptoms eerily similar to theirs. Right. Leo would forget where his food bowl was located or he'd wait at the wrong door when the doorbell rang, said his owner Fiona Gibbs of Pimble. Initially, the family thought the behaviour was cute. Right, yes. Then Leo became scarily aggressive. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good an abrupt turn. <laughs> yes, that's you know? The one minute he's looking at the wrong door, Edge, and then he's scarily aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's been possessed by yeah. the devil. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, back to that vampires you were talking about last yeah. week. The other week. <laughs> and didn't recognise Mrs. Gibbs or the family's five children. At one stage, because they were wearing masks. Oh no. Had an equipment malfunction. <laughs> laughing so hard, mate. Uh, uh, at one stage, we were almost defending ourselves with brooms. Oh, wow. So maybe they were wearing witches' masks. <laughs> it was Halloween, <laughs> you know. We just flown in. <laughs> what do you expect? That's what we had on. That's what we had. He was like a rabid dog. Now, three years later, Leo. A pomapoo. A pomapoo. A poo. Well, do you know what a pomapoo is, mate? A, a, a pomeranian poodle. Well a done. Poo, poo, well done. I, I thought you were going to just call that a, a poodleranian. Yes, yes, oh, no, that would work. One. Or a poo rain. A poo <laughs> rain. Don't go around <laughs> in the pooey rain. <laughs> a a pom- dragon there for you. Yeah, when I saw pomapoo, I thought of some sort of gymnastics term, but I was obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> So Leo is back to his normal placid self after a stem cell transplant appears to have reversed his canine cognitive dysfunction. Wow. This success gives researchers hope of finding a cure for human dementia. Wow. Stem cells. Yeah. So research estimates that 12% of dogs older than eight years of, of age have dementia, rising to a third of dogs older than 14 years. So obviously something we see a fair bit. Really common. Really, really, really really common. Yeah, yeah. In many cases, dog owners think signs like the dog staring at a wall is normal ageing. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not. Leo's transplant was performed as part of a dog and cells program at Sydney University headed by Michael Valenzuela. Right, nice. A professor of regenerative medicine who specialises in dementia and Alzheimer's in humans and dogs. Right. Sydney University is believed to be the only group in the world treating canine dementia with stem cells. So this is really cool. I mean, have you heard of any of this sort of stuff before? No, I haven't. No, no. Um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of other stuff where people are trying to use stem cells for things, but I think there's a, a fair, there's a lot of paucity in, of evidence of yeah. what of what it's doing. And so, you know, but hey, I'm... Um, I love the idea of it. You know, I think I think we're going to use a lot of it for a lot of things in the future. But it's just making sure that it's uh, there's actual science behind uh, exactly. it. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So the past ten years, he's treated four older dogs, which have tested positive for canine dementia and successfully reversed two, 
that died of old age. Another dog died from surgical complications and the fourth didn't respond. Right. So he's had Leo and Timmy, so he's had two. So it's 50%. It's better than Thomas. Better than Thomas. Thomas is jealous. I think this sounds like worth funding, this this one. (laughs) (laughs) The spectacular outcomes. Oh, gee Well, well, he's still in spectacular. Thomas was saying he was successful at 2%. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I I think he's onto something, maybe, with Leo and Tommy Timmy are the only case in the world that Professor Valenzuela knows of which resulted in the reversal of a natural dementia-like condition in a higher order animal. Yes. I believe our approach is very promising, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the only one with evidence in dogs who show some parallels with human Alzheimer's dementia. Yeah, right. I'm therefore working hard to try to get our technology to human clinical trial. So the stem cell transplant is performed under anaesthetic. Vets take a small piece of material. Mater- more material. material. Is it the denim pocket? More, the pocket. Yes. Pocket on the jeans, you reckon, this time? Yeah, mate? maybe the hem. Yeah, <laughs> something around the hem. <laughs> oh, no, here we go. It's not a no, button. Oh, a button? button. <laughs> a small piece of skin from a dog's abdomen, harvest it and use it to grow neural cells. A few weeks later, the cells are injected into the part of the brain responsible for memory. Miss, Miss. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, so they're saying that they're taking skin cells. Yeah. And growing neuronal cells. Yeah. So yeah, they must right. be bringing back to them. They must be somehow making them pluripotent. Plur- pluripotent. Yeah. Pluripotent. I, wonder, I wonder if this might be a little bit of um, a, a, a journalist, a ju- journalist ease going, going on there. Because um, I know generally when people are harvesting, because a stem cell is where it's got the pluripotential and it's that's usually when you'll take fat and you harvest yeah. them out. You know, I mean, I think a skin cell is has already differentiated, hasn't it? Well, that would be true, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, a small piece of skin, so maybe it's the fat in the underlayer or maybe something. That's, maybe that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're taking it on block and then doing yeah. something with it. It is the age newspaper, so it's not, the, it's not nature. So we're not no. going to get an in-depth uh, look at that. But it's better on the Herald Sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Step up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ms. Gibbs was initially sceptical about the procedure, but now Leo is placid again. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. They've oh. taken the masks off and he's fine. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put the brooms away. <laughs> <laughs> He well, keeps getting upset when we chase him with brooms. Oh, what should yeah, we do? Yeah, oh yeah. Give him some stem cells yeah. into the memory cortex, <laughs> wherever that is. But I just hope they haven't uh, sort of pissed him a little bit that now he's so placid. He's just they're, he's they're, lying there. They've given him a lobotomy. Yes. Yeah, they've done the old lobotomy <laughs> it thing. It wasn't yeah. the stem cells that did. It was actually just the lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he just sits there quiet. He's great. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be scared of him, she no. said. Yeah. <laughs> if I had dementia, I would want it. Oh, so the, well, there you go. And, and I mean, this is you know something that we see a lot in the clinic. You know, the, oh, the, we see so much of it, yeah. and, and there's there's very little. There's, there's little great stuff out there, is there? Because if there was, then we'd be able to treat the well, humans with well, dementia. Well, that's it. exactly, it. Yeah. mate. So, you know, obviously, what do you do if, you know, if you can't afford the stem cell therapy? There's only four dogs in 10 years. So the odds of uh, of getting Professor Vuvuleza to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to come and trumpet his, uh, his on your dog is probably pretty low. So you know, it's obviously something we see in older dogs. That's yep. pretty, pretty uh, you know, um, specific. And it's not something... Oh, pretty obvious. Not something that that can be reversed. You know, um, it's to do with deposits in the brain. We yep. think amyloid deposits. Yep. It's like byproduct deposits that are that are getting laid down in nerves. Nerves are 
they're they're pretty simple cells that don't like accumulations of yeah. stuff in them. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's and you can't once it's there. Yeah, you're right. There's no getting rid of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These dogs, the signs we, we see in dogs is is we use the DISHA acronym. Have you heard of that? Mate? I have heard of DISHA. I remember there was an acronym, but I couldn't remember what it was. Right, so there you go, yeah. DISHA. It used to be DISH, then went to DISHA. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to make it a bit more confusing. <laughs> So every year I think they add a new new letter on A there. new little one? Yeah. yeah. We'll probably have supercalifragilistic <laughs> when we get back to this in a couple of years' time. So this just is, is the D's for disorientation, um, the I's for interaction changes with the owner, the S is for sleep-wake cycle changes, H is for house soiling, and A is for activity level changes. Yeah. So with the disorientation, you know, like it said in the article, the, the, the dog may stand at the hidden side of the door yep. wanting to be let out or just stands looking at the at a corner yeah. or goes to the wrong door for, 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 for certain, you know, they're going for a walk and they go to the laundry door instead yeah. of the, the, the front door. Um, then we've got the eye, the interaction changes with the owner. Some of these can be, uh, sometimes like mentioned in the article, they can be grumpy. Yes. Yep. But of course that can be pain too. Can yeah, cause that. absolutely. So pain or arthritis or yep. any sort of pain. Sometimes these dogs don't want to play anymore. They're sleeping in different spots. They're reluctant to interact yeah, yep. with their owners. Just being reclusive. Yeah, they just, they, they stay to themselves. Yeah. They, don't, they don't like, we're used, they used to come up for cuddles and licks and be happy. Yeah. Now they're... Uh, Obtuse and holding up, yeah. you know, off by themselves. Yeah, or aggressive to brooms or yes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masks, yeah. families. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the sleep wake cycle changes. You know, often they're pacing at night, they're sleeping all day, or they yep. might bark at night. The house soiling. You know, this is obviously in dogs that previously been toilet training is all yeah. fine, and now we're pooing and weeing inside. Yeah. Of course, there are other things that can cause that. We talked about separation anxiety. Yep. So, so it's important to rule those out as well. And then activity changes. Level changes, so they're a bit more restless. They might be barking at nothing in particular. Yeah. You know, you can't sort of identify anything. So a lot of these things can have other other causes as well, yeah, the signs. Yep. So it is really important that if you think your dog is showing some of these signs, that you get them to the vet and have a checkup first. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Medical checkup, we can look into possible other causes for, for these, con- these conditions. Um, we might recommend taking some bloods. Yeah, rule out the rule outable. And when you when you don't have anything that's left with the rule outable, then you're left with the uh, you know, the doggy the dementia. Doggy dementia. Yeah. Yep. So the I mean, yeah, you're right. We don't have one test that we can do. No, no. Say this is a blood test. Yes, your dog has you know dog's or, or yes. you know, whatever it might be. So it is a, a process of ruling everything else out to eventually say yes. Um, you know, we, without a brain scan, I think brain scan may be able to pick up. Some of the amyloid, but I'm not totally sure there. Oh yeah, I don't know that it can actually. No, no, I don't think it can. No, no, because I mean, because then you're talking, you're talking cellular deposits. Yes, so I reckon right. you probably need to get a get a biopsy of it. And um, generally, there's only one time when you're taking mm. a biopsy of the brain, and that's usually when you're not needing it anymore. Yes, that's yeah. right. It's when you take the mask off. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and delve deep down. Yeah. So the treatment, you know, there is no cure. Obviously, is the first thing that we understand. It well. Well, there's a cure coming, perhaps. Professor. Maybe. Yes. yes. Professor Venezuela well, is really... A 50% chance, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, the old Venezuela, he's sorted it out. He's, he's, he's possibly onto something there. Right so, on the cutting edge. Yeah, So, but we can slow it down. So sometimes it's simple things like leaving a light on at night yes. to provide some, some comfort for them. There is a diet... Yep. You know, the Hills Science Diet Brain Diet. Brain BD. Diet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. High in omega-3 fatty acids Yep. Um, that, that I often recommend. And I have good responses with it. Do you use it much? 
Yeah, yeah. I say to people, I've had some people that works well and some people that it yeah, doesn't. Right you know, um, and so I, I always give it, give people the the option for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there and it's there for a reason because enough people thinks that it works enough of the time. Yeah, so, yeah. I think yeah. It, I think it does work, and and you're right though. It's, it's not something that that a lot of people want to go for. It can yeah. be expensive. Pensive diet's not a cheap diet in yeah. any any sense of the word. But other things where you can start, we do know that there's a, a thing called use it or lose it as yep. far as the brain goes. So, you know, you get get the dog out, get them doing some crossword puzzles, maybe a bit of Sudoku. Sudoku. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're onto <laughs> some cryptics, yeah. So, but, you know, food puzzles, you know, yep. get, get them doing some food puzzles, do some training with them. You know, don't think just because they're lying there, they're not willing to sit up and drop and beg and roll over and all those things that they used to do. Yep. Um, but really working that brain can help stave off the, the problem. Keeping them physically, mentally active, so keep yeah. the walks up, even if they're slower on their walks. It is important to keep it keep it going. I do use a bit of vivitonin, which is a medication. Yeah. Um, do you use much of that, mate? Or I, I, again, yes, yeah, so I, I use a little bit. You know, yeah. and, and again, some people find that it works really well, and some yeah. some don't. But it's again, it's there. You know, I, I often say to people, you know, there's because there's no one big thing that's going to work that you can try lots of little yeah. things to see if it makes a difference. Yeah. And that's and where I think the Vivo works in for me. Yeah, yeah. Like any sort of behavior thing, I think often little bits of everything sort yeah. of all put together often brings in that, that, that puzzle that, yeah. that can help them a lot. So, um, and you know, some owners, you know, they're having trouble getting the dog to sleep at night. So sometimes I'll give them some, some sedatives that yeah. they can give at night. And sometimes it's just that case of re sort of resetting their body clock, you know, yeah. and you might use sedatives maybe three or four nights in a, you know, a row. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, and and there might be an anxiety component to yes. those medications as well, and that could really just sometimes just reset them so that they are more inclined to sleep sleep at night. Yes, yeah, and, and get back on board. And and then also if they're sleeping during the day, waking them up during the day. Yeah, so they're awake during the day and hopefully sleep a bit bit more at night. Well, it's it's interesting that you read that. Sorry to in, interrupt, yeah, but I, I just no, I just um, I had a, a light bulb go off in my head. Um, there's um. A, Friends of ours, um, uh, one of their kids has been on um, the the drug or the, the hormone analog um, melatonin for yes. um, for try and help out um, for uh, 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 you know, illness, illness that their that their kids got. Yes. Um, and it got and, and the whole thing for that because they say that I said when you give the melatonin they they know that they've got a very narrow window of getting the melatonin in and getting the rest of bedtime stuff done before then it's time to um yeah you know, the kids got to be in bed because otherwise then they don't go to sleep right and I remembered thinking at the time it was only just when you were saying that then yeah, yeah and so this is probably not the time to to, to bring it up <laughs> live on episode nineteen of the of the podcast um but I, I was thinking at the time going. I wonder whether or not melatonin could potentially help for some of these dogs that have this um, altered sleep, um, you know, uh, wake sleep pattern in that thing of, yeah, because often we will use sedatives to, to, to help yes. to calm yes. them down. But whether or not, you know, and maybe next time you sort of, you know, get together with the brains trust of the, the, the behaviourists, whether or not you... Um, yeah, you know, see whether or not anyone's heard anything oh, certainly, about it. Certainly been used in the past. Yeah, I don't think the studies are particularly good in right. Okay, in yeah. dogs. I don't think it has a lot of effect, a, a lot of success or effect. Really, I mean, it's certainly you, you you you're welcome to try it. Yeah, but it doesn't seem you know in certainly cognitive dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, it's not because of a lack of melatonin that these animals are having these issues. It's because of scrambled messages in the brain. So, yeah, yeah. So really, doesn't you know, we don't think you know sometimes. 
Yeah, you'll sometimes read about it in some of the behaviour books. Yeah, they'll mention melatonin as, as possibly a treatment, but it's really a fringe sort of thing that yeah, yeah. that I, I don't I really recommend it. I no. think um, oh, more more just from the from the sleeping thing. Yeah, you know? um, yeah. So so not the actual cognitive dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. Even paradigm. for sleeping stuff, it doesn't, doesn't really. Work. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't. Okay. I think and and often I find when owners are coming to me saying my dog's keeping us awake at night. Yeah. For me to give them, you know, a medication for that maybe try for four weeks and say try this for four weeks, yeah, and they're already at the end of their tether, yeah. By the time they've come to see you, that they've had enough, exactly. So I, I sort of think I really need to give them something that's really going to help the dog, and I know it's going to work, yeah, yeah. Um, And that's where you know I'll use a um, often a like a Valium type of sort of medication, benzo, yeah, benzodiazepine, exactly. So. and, and that'll provide some anxiety lowering and also provide some sleep you know, sedation yeah, right, sedation yep. effects and try and reset it. So, yeah, yeah cool. I guess, yeah, certainly you can, you're happy to try melatonin and yeah, there's yeah. no, no harm. And I'm sure there's some dose rates you know, on the internet for, for, for that sort of thing. Um, but you know, like I said, you when owners come to me, yeah, yeah, they yeah. come to me and they want to, they want to fix tonight. No, no, no fair enough. We haven't that, slept. Yeah. That, that's right. No, thanks. Yeah, good I mean, point. It was just no, a, a good a, stuff. A, a thing that jumped in my head. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, I guess you know until the stem cells have come mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And there is a mention by Professor Venezuela that he's forty-eight years of old, years of age. Right. And he doesn't think he'll see it in his lifetime. So wow. So don't yeah, hold right, out yeah. on your your thirteen-year-old dog. Yeah, gee that, that, yeah. Uh, that stem cells are going to be going to be the the end be in be all and end all yeah yeah and, and i think that's the thing with stem cells even then for the other stuff that they're trying to use at the other applications you know there's there's a lot of people using stem cells but there's not a whole lot of definitive things yeah. on how it works how often it works how long it works mm. for is it better than a placebo effect in it, some exactly ways? Yeah, yeah you know and I, I think it's the sort of thing where it's there's obviously some part of it that is working, but it's just trying to work out what the part of mm. it is that's working and how it's working and harnessing that yeah. rather than going, well, we're just going to do everything. It's like, like cortisone for an itch. Yeah, cortisone will treat all of the itch, but if you can use a more specific one, well, then you do that. So if the way that the, the um, stem cells are trying to be used or, and that it's giving some effect for some dogs, if you can work out what it is that it's actually doing, yeah. it's going to make it work a lot better. Yeah, well, we, maybe we could do a pod on an episode on stem cells because obviously it's used a lot in arthritis is probably the... Oh, in fact, when we get a, a specialist to talk interview, we could we could throw down a, a bit of a question. We could see that. We see whether... Or, um, you know, yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, then why not? We'll, we'll put it out there and if the answer's no good, if, we're, if, it's, if it's too boring, we'll cut it out. <laughs> Yeah, of course you. Or perhaps we'll get we we'll get um, Professor Argentine, no Venezuela on Venezuela on to a, talk about, have it, a yeah. chat about. It. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Now moving from the brain end up to the uh, to the other end. We're going to head far south, mate. What far you, south. What do you got? Um, so we have had a um, a spate of anal gland abscesses at our work. Oh, so, so we. So you've had yes, them as well. Yes. Yeah. I reckon I had two. Two in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I had you? three in the last week. Oh, it, you beat me. Crazy. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Always funnier. <laughs> always more anal gland abscesses. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, mate, if there's anything wrong with the anal glands, I'm there. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one that's there. Um, so it was um, it just just crazy that you saw saw the one, and then the same day I saw another one, and there and saw another one the day yeah, after that. Yeah, right. Three in a day. I said, this is just crazy. Yeah, you know, like you you'll see them. You know, you, you see them with reasonable frequency but not not that no. damn frequent so i wonder um, if it was the same day that i saw my two oh, it might have been might that have been be the same dog it might have been my one's going to go and see you for a second opinion <laughs> thinking did, that did I was... say it's seen another vet but anyway we won't <laughs> go into that 
<laughs> so um, so I thought we'd give a recap on what the anal glands are. We Fantastic. spoke about it um, uh, uh, you know, early on in the pods as yes. far as that the anal glands are two little um, little sacs, little invaginations, little glands that live within the anal sphincter. Yes. So what's supposed to happen is the as the poo comes out, the sphincter contracts on the poo, squeezes out the juice through little ducts that then open out onto the poo, and it's there as like a secondary scent gland. Um, now, the problem is, is that... When your major pipe leads out from where the poo comes out of, poo often has an awful lot of bacteria and things like that, which means that the infection and bugs can get up in yep, the gland. Yep. So you can get infections. The other thing that can happen as well is that sometimes that the discharge that comes out of the gland can be really, really thick. So it just actually can't get expressed out. Yep, so, blocks, blocks um, it. Yep. Yeah, block gets blocked up. So if it gets blocked up and nothing's coming out, you've got infection in there, well, then that infection just builds up, builds up, builds up until burst. You get the abscess that then breaks out. Yep. Um, and the signs that people will often see with their dogs when they've got an anal gland impaction, licking around the bum, doing the boot scoot, scooting the bum Scooting, along the ground. Yeah, rubbing their bum on the rubbing ground. Rubbing the yep. bum on the ground. Um, and and when it's getting time for them to be abscessing, the dogs then are often really irritated because it's sore, yes. you know? Yep. So they're really painful. They might not want to poo. They might be having trouble weeing. Just really, really sore and, and agitated under yep. their tails. Yeah, so, sometimes in the longer-haired dog, they can get sort of matted around there, can't they, as well, which can... You know, make it harder to go do poo as well. Absolutely, sort of, yeah. yeah can, whole, can be a sign to yeah, yeah. Whole, it. Really does frustrate them, doesn't it? Really painful. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then once the so an, an abscess. If your body has an infection, the body tries to wall that infection off. So you're trying to um, stop the bugs from being able to get in the rest of the tissue. So you build the wall. That's the wall of the abscess around there. And you send all your white blood cells in there to try and fight off the infection. But abscesses, you can't leave them, leave them in your body forever. So usually what an abscess will do is it will try and break out. And so mm -hmm. what it does is it starts to thin the skin over it. Yep. And so what you'll commonly see is you'll see that the skin bursting out yep. with this abscess just over the top of where the the, um, the anal gland is. So it's at about sort of five o'clock and, and seven o'clock on the anus, you know, sometimes maybe half past four and <laughs> half past seven, give or take. Get you out know. the wristwatch, um, mate. Get, yeah. <laughs> I check the going, time, mate. It's all digital. Oh, you no, know? Yeah, digi yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't check the digital. We're not talking five and seven on the digital. On the digital one? No, We're no, on the old you, O clock. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the big clock on the wall. Where's the big hand? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, play on, school on the play style. school clock, yeah. <laughs> so, so once the abscess bursts out, then generally you've got pus and blood and horrible stuff. And then the dogs actually feel a bit better because oh, all of that pain and everything relief. is then just gone. Yeah, so, instant relief. Um, so, you know, usually if you, so obviously if your dog is irritated around the bum, get them checked out because if you can sort it out before it abscesses, that's a, that's a damn sight better. Yes. Um, if we can express the anal glands out when they are blocked or if they keep getting infected, well, then we can try and do something about it before it does get infected. But if the anal gland has an abscess that's there that hasn't burst, sometimes we need to go and put a drain in in order to try and get the discharge yep. out. Yes. And I, that was one of the cases that I had this week. Was yeah, a, right. Um, a little cavity that's got, a, um, a heart murmur so really we wanted to try and avoid giving it an anesthetic if we could yep. and so because we got it before the abscess had burst we said okay right well let's get it on some antibiotics and some anti-inflammatories dog was feeling much much better but i got it in for a recheck and i could feel that no, abscess that was still sitting there so so yep. we had to go in there and put a drain in to yep. try and get the get the fluid yep. out but once it has burst then 
all, most of that gunk's already coming out. Yes. So so usually I'll just go in there and just try and flush it out. Yep. You know? Dilution's a solution to pollution. So go in there and flush Woof. the... How good's Whoa, that one? That's yeah. a good one, mate. I got that from a, um, a a vet that then went on to become a doctor. You know, yeah. Dilution's a solution to pollution. I go, I love that. I'm going to use that forever. So, yeah, um, I like that. So I'm going to use that forever now too. There you go. There's two of us. So, so just flush the, the bejesus out of it with some, um, with some saline. Load them up with the antibiotics and anti-inflammatories, and then just check them, you know, after ten or fourteen days, days to make yeah. sure that it's all cleared up. Yep. Um, but then the big thing that I recommend—I don't know whether or not you recommend it too—is then to remove those anal glands once the abscess is actually oh, okay. sealed up, because um, I reckon we see a, a fair few repeat offenders of right. where they just they, they the abs the anal glands re-abscess. Yes. Um, and so you, what we'll do is once it's healed up, we'll give it two to three months to wait until the anal glands have reduced down in size yes. as much as possible. Possible, yep. as much of the scar tissue as possible is cleared up, right. and then we recommend going in there and removing the. Right, glands. okay. Yeah. Is that something you do yourself at the clinic? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 no, we do, we do it there. Yeah, yep. um, I've I've done it a few times. Karen does it. Um, our, our surgeon there, she does it all the time. But okay. I've, I've certainly done it before too. Well, yeah, because so. I mean, I've, I've certainly removed the anal glands and used the special gel stuff or, or a little foley catheter. You know, in the past. Yeah, yeah. But a thing that sort of moved me away a little bit from, and I don't yep. know how you go with the surgeries, but there's this chance of fecal continents after yeah. it, which worries me a bit absolutely yes yeah. so there's um there, there is certainly a risk with it you know um and because so the because you're cutting through the anal sphincter you know yes. you, you are the potentially muscles, causing yes. damage to the muscle yes. there what I always say to owners is that the, the muscle isn't like an elastic band mm. that if you cut it, then the whole thing just unravels. No. It's made up of the millions of little, yes. little muscle fibers and you're still only going through a, a, a couple of really small little bits of it um so and I think that oh, this is something that you know um, our, our special guest in a couple of weeks will be able to confirm. But I think it's well, like, I think you can remove like a third of the anal gland and still maintain fecal continence or confidently maintain. But fecal I think continence. isn't there a risk? Oh, I meant to look this up when I saw this on the running show. I meant yep. to look it up because I don't know the percentages. Hopefully, it's less than Thomas Hildebrand's two percent. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, we can hit up well, you know the. I, I I reckon so that certainly in in our hands or what I see yeah, um, yep, at, yep. at the clinic. I reckon about ninety percent of the dogs are fecally continent straight away. Yes, you know, yes. Um, of the ten percent that are left, yes. the vast majority of them are then fecally continent within a week. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the ones that aren't. So then you're talking a really small percentage, yes. like maybe two or three yes. percent that are fecally uh, incontinent. Yes. Um, in the days after the surgery. Yes. Usually they're okay after that. Long term, you know? all okay, right? But eh? there good. There is good. the risk that they could be long term fecally incontinent. Yeah. I reckon the probably some of the big things with that is going to be. If you're going in and you're removing lots of tissue from around there and yeah. getting near where the nerves are, because yeah. where the actual anal glands are, you're not actually getting all that close to where the um, the, the innervating nerves into right. the rest of the anus is. But I guess if you're going in there and removing them when they're big and swollen and you're trying to go, oh, is this abscess yeah. tissue? I don't know. You might be causing more trauma. But certainly, you know, in 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 our hands, we haven't touch wood. You know, we yeah, all been any, good. Yeah, know, we haven't had any no, any that are I permanently feeling I reckon we need to do some homework on that, mate. I reckon yeah. that's, that's some homework for, for next time. We have a look at what the what the studies say because I'm just not sure that something in my head rings rings. And I you know appreciate you having some good yeah. results and really good. But we'll um what what say we do it for some homework next week and yeah. we'll fight over it next pod. <laughs> Fisty cuss bring the boxing glass and yeah. fight over. No, no, fair enough. That's all good. Yeah. All yeah, good. All right. All right. No, cool. no problems. Awesome, mate. Now, 
Do you want to move on to the last thing? We've got a little bit of time. A little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to comment on, um, you know, we were mentioning a little bit last time when we were talking about um, the, the trimming the dog's nails and using medications and stuff to yes, help to, yes. um, to try and calm dogs down with sedatives before they come into the clinic. And yes. I just wanted to, because um, again, yeah, we're, like we were saying last week, that we're trying to move towards that of trying to use medications to allow us to be able to better handle um, and, and improve the um, the well-being of the stressed out pets before they come in yeah. to see us. And we're not just, it's not just to pick up there, it's yep. not really sedatives that we're trying to use necessarily. Yep. Yes, there might be some sedation with them, but the medications we're trying to use are anxiety lowering, you know, uh, yeah. yes. which uh, is, I think it's really important with owners that they know the difference. Yeah, yeah, you're you know, right. We're yep. not after a sedate dog necessarily. Yeah. We are after a dog that's just not as anxious when it comes to the clinic. For so. sure, yeah. Yeah. It's excellent distinction. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, they're often they're they're anxious, and if you're reducing the anxiety, then that's that's the main thing that you're trying to offset. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. So I had um, a, a dog come in during the week who um, is incredibly, incredibly. Right. He's a he's a dog that that unfortunately sort of launches at you oh, when you come mate. into the consult room, you know, um, and he had, uh, you know, ear infections. He had a hot spot, you know, oh, a wow. bad skin infection. Um, and so we were needing to um, to sedate him so that we could um, uh, examine him. And I yep. knew that we weren't going to be able to do that without him being heavily sedated. Yes, but, of but, course. Yep. But, um, yep. you know, he was already so anxious and so worked up that we just couldn't even get near him in the wow. in the console initially so so what i did we actually used some of these medications that we we're talking about before trazodone yes. and things like yes. that and so talk the owners through right well, we're going to start him at a low dose and we're going to titrate it yep. up until we can try and work out what the dose is going to be yep. for him um and so during the week we got him in he'd had the trazodone on board um and for the first time, I've been able to walk into the consult room without him automatically swinging and looking at me oh, and already starting mate, to growl. That brings a smile um, to my face. Which is great. Wonderful. Um, obviously, we still had him muzzled and everything yes. out for safety. Yes. Um, but it meant that then I could get to him and give him an injectable, heavier sedative. Yes, an actual sedative, um, yes. So that then that way, we could actually you know, get him handleable. Yes. To yeah. And he didn't get himself as anywhere near as yeah, worked up as what he previously you, mate. had. Um, so, so it was really good. You know, so... Um, um, it's, it's, it's there, you know, and it was partly a thing of me saying to the to the owner of, this is um, either we can try and manhandle your dog yes. and try and get the sedation into him, and we can do that, or we do this, and your dog's going to feel so much better. Yeah. And we're still going to be achieving the same thing. So why don't we do it the right way? Yep. And you know, I said, "Yep, love it. Sounds good. You know, we're we're, we're sick of you, these Robbie. times of where the vets are, you know, have to do all this stuff. And so now we know that this is what we can use for this dog when yeah, he comes in. That's great. So it's going to make life so much easier. Fantastic. And we, and we can tweak it little bits here and there, but at least we know we've got a basis to work and, on. And so. you know what? The thing is with that dog, instead of having another scary visit, yep, where you've manhandled or whatever you had to do to get the the injectable sedative into it, yeah." The next time it comes, you know, if it's had that bad visit, the next time it comes is going to be worse. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But if it's now had a good visit, yeah. it's actually not going to be any worse and maybe even a little bit better Yeah, the next time it comes. Because you've been able to, you know, uh, it hasn't felt as anxious, it hasn't had a, a nasty procedure where it's been held down, had adrenaline, all that sort of thing yeah, racing yep. around. And, and that's a really common thing I say to, to owners that, 
you know, if they bring a dog in and it is upset about something, yeah, I'll often say, look, let's reschedule it. Yes, yep. Let's give some of these meds on board that are yep. going to help with the anxiety stuff. Um, and, and, and that way we can give them a better visit that time. Yeah. If need be, the owner, uh, you know, muzzle trains the dog at home. Yep. So that it comes in muzzled and happy to be wearing a muzzle. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of owners say, oh, when I see a dog with a muzzle, I think, oh, that's a nasty, aggressive dog. Well, yep. Yes, maybe it is, but yep. it's also a responsible owner. Yeah, yeah. That's saying, you know, and I really like the basket style muzzles. Yes, yep. And I um, had one client, a really, really lovely client whose dog, similar sort of thing, really, really aggressive and it needed its vaccination. Yep. First time it come to see me and I walked in and rah, rah, right up me, right up yep. at me, you know, barking and really wanted to go. I mean, the owner had it on a leash, thankfully. And, and I didn't even examine that dog that yep. day. I said, look, you know, um, uh, look, Deb, this is... Um, this dog's getting really upset. Yeah. Let's take it back a step. You go home. I want you over the next two weeks to start muzzle training using food. Yep. You know, the dog doesn't know what a muzzle is. Yeah, yeah. Call it a treat cup. Yeah, yeah. Here's your treat cup, mate. Yep. Let's put some food in it. And this is what she did. Yeah, and yeah. And she, she came back. We put some trazodone on board. She gives a dose. She's got a real routine. Dog came into the waiting room. We yep. got a, a quick exam on it. Gave it its needle with the muzzle on with a big plug of cream cheese sitting in the end of the muzzle. Yes, lick, yep. lick, lick, licking away, loving it. Injection in the back of the neck, bang, we're out the door, gone. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was much different. And the owner was really, really grateful. I was really happy. The dog yes. wasn't anxious. So, mate, I love that you're learning this yeah, stuff. Yep. This is great. There yeah. you go, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and, and so for anyone that's out there that's listening that either has an animal that's like this or you know a friend that has an animal that's like this, you know, Get them to subscribe to the podcast. Of course. Why not? Yeah, we and, know, and a five-star review, and a five-star on, review on, on iTunes yeah. would be great. Um, but there there are ways out there to do it. And if um, you know your vet isn't interested in doing that, if your vet just wants to say, no, look, I'll let you know, maybe... If you're near convers- the Waverley Animal Hospital, <laughs> maybe just kick on down there. May, or, or have a conversation with them. And if they don't want to do it, maybe have a conversation with someone else because there may be someone else around that wants to do, um, is willing to take that little bit more time exactly. with you. Exactly. You know, um, and because I think it's, you know, it is so important that we think about the the mental health of the animals yep. that we're seeing, not just what it is that we're trying to yep. do for them. Yep. You know, um, uh, the the amount of damage that you can do to a dog's mental health by manhandling it just to give it a vaccination yes. is going to be so much worse for it than the good that the vaccine's going to do. Yes, so, it's, it's spot yeah. on, mate. You know, m- more dogs are. Uh, uh, given up to pounds and shelters because of behaviour problems, yeah, than die from lack of vaccination. Absolutely, that's yep. just uh, not saying don't vaccinate. No, always. <laughs> hang on, Jesus, been a ch- what change of tune. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> We've gone anti vaxxers now. You know, there's <laughs> been an abrupt turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so yeah, but you know, more more damage is done from that a terrible visit to the vet. Yeah, and there's nothing an owner. Uh, you know, stresses more about yep. than taking their cat or dog they know is fractious yep. to the vet and having it play up. You know, yeah, really, yep. a lot of owners really, it just uh, must really worry them, and Absolutely. it does worry them. And if we can change that and make it well, it's, it's never going to be a, a hundred percent pleasant visit necessarily. Yep. But if we can make it a Thomas Hildebrand ninety-eight percent pleasant <laughs> pleasant visit. He would call that a success. Well, uh, 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 well there's ninety eight percent failure for him compared to two <laughs> percent. Right. Um, and, and that's it. it. Just takes a little bit of time, and it takes a little bit yep. of um, takes a little bit of desire Forethought. to make. Yeah, yep. yeah, and 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 making a decision to say, no, I think I think we can do this better. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. 
Good, awesome. mate. So pleased you're learning, and yeah. uh, I'm learning from you too, mate. It's a two-way street. <laughs> Good stuff. All righty, guys. I think we've run out of time, so we might we might hit up Mailbag next week. What do you reckon? Yeah, we've Mailbag a, for next week. We've got a, a full inbox there, but we'll, we'll sort them out next week. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, um, well, uh, hit us up on the socials. Send us an email at uh, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Um, you know, follow all Lewis's uh, cute animal pictures on Instagram. I'm, I'm trying really hard, but, you know, he's uh, he's getting... There's much more cuter animals around Port Melbourne <laughs> than what it seems around around Mount Waverley, you please, know. Please like Robbie's canary in a birdcage <laughs> photo, everyone. No, cat in a canary cage. <laughs> <laughs> it makes him happy. Puts yeah. a little smile on his face. Excellent. All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Peace out. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.